Welcome to the Cutting Room Floor Podcast. My name is Travis Simone. I'm one of the pastors at the Williamsburg Community Chapel, and the Cutting Room Floor is the place we come to take a second look at Sunday's sermon topic. It's the place we come to pick an idea up off the floor that got left behind as I walked out of my office and into the pulpit. And our hope is in looking at a new idea, we might get deeper insight into what we've already learned on Sunday morning. A good friend of mine says we are far more educated than our ability to actually obey. So rather than introduce a new concept or another sermon, let's take a second look at some of the concepts and some of the ideas that we've already gone over and that we've already learned together. This past Sunday, May 27th, 2018, we looked at Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 1 through 14, and the topic was, how do we serve our city? We said, don't miss the mission by fighting against, floating with, or fleeing from the city. Rather, live on mission faithfully within the city. Let's go on the cutting room floor together and take a second look at this topic of serving our city. At the end of this sermon on serving our city, I tried to turn the conversation toward Jesus and show how Jesus didn't take an approach of fighting against the city. Jesus didn't take the approach of floating with the culture of the city, and nor did Jesus take the approach of fleeing from the city. Rather, it was Jesus himself who lived faithfully on mission within the city. And this is the topic that I want to take a second look at. I want to look at how Jesus Christ himself, the second person of the Trinity, God incarnate, how he actually dealt with being in the city and being in the culture of the city. And what I'd like to do is take these three words, really four words, that all begin with the letter F and add some new words that that hopefully are synonymous with these words and see if the new words don't actually help us have a bit of a deeper conversation about Jesus's approach to the city, Jesus's approach to culture. So on Sunday, we talked about we don't want to miss the mission by fighting against the city. Let's call that confrontation. We don't want to miss the mission by floating with the city. Let's call that assimilation. And we don't want to miss the mission by fleeing from the city. Let's call that isolation. So if these are our our new words, our new organizing metaphor, we don't want to have a confrontation. We don't want to be a people of assimilation. We don't want to be a people of isolation. What was Jesus's posture toward the city? And this is where we might call Jesus's posture toward the city a great and rich theological word. Jesus's posture was that of incarnation in the city not confrontation, not assimilation, not isolation, but rather incarnation. We see this in John chapter 1, verse 14. And the Word became flesh, the eternal second person of the Godhead. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. This idea of incarnation, 
This word actually comes from the Latin word for flesh, carne. Carne means flesh. And so when it says the word became flesh, the technical theological word that the church has used for centuries to describe this moment when the word becomes flesh is the, the word incarnated into this world, became flesh. And what did the word do? What did Jesus Christ do? at this moment of becoming flesh, this great moment of incarnation. What followed? Was it a confrontation with the city? Was it assimilation within the city? Was it isolation from the city? No, what John records in his gospel, again, chapter 1, verse 14, is the word became flesh at the moment of incarnation and dwelt among us. And that word dwelt also has some rich theological heritage. It's the same word that was used in the Old Testament for the tabernacle, the tabernacle that housed the very presence of God, that the word became flesh and tabernacled, put up a tent, or as Eugene Peterson famously puts it in his translation, the message that the word became flesh and moved right into our neighborhood. Now, there's a lot of pushback when I talk about this idea that Jesus' posture was incarnation, not confrontation, assimilation, or isolation. And I would say the, the pushback that I most often get is that Jesus did not have a posture of confrontation. People say, oh, well, Jesus came to, to confront the evil and the darkness in the world. And I say, absolutely. But I think our modern word confrontation doesn't adequately describe how he did it. For at the end of the confrontation, it was not Jesus who dominated as a warring army might dominate a culture that it seeks to overthrow. It was Jesus that was killed at the end of his ministry. And so our confrontation with the culture, with the city, must look like Jesus's confrontation with the culture, with the city. That it's a confrontation that leads to our death. It leads to our laying down our lives for the good of the city. It's a confrontation that leads to us serving to the point of giving our lives. And as you, if you've heard me talk on Sunday at all uh, for the past few years, I call this the gospel in reverse. I got this from our wonderful late pastor emeritus, Dick Woodward, that the gospel is Jesus died that we might live. And the gospel in reverse is that you die, that he might live through you. And when we talk about laying down our lives for the city as Jesus laid down his life for the city, I just don't think confrontation is a very helpful word. I think incarnation is a fantastic word to describe it. It's really the word that John uses in chapter 1, verse 14. But I also want to say this, Jesus's incarnation with the city there was a fair amount of confrontation in our modern sense of the word confrontation, but again, not in the way we think about it. Jesus's confrontation was typically with religious people that were missing the point. You don't see a lot of hostility between Jesus and non-Jewish people in the Gospels. You don't see a lot of hostile confrontation between Jesus and people that are outcasts in society in the Gospels. And I'll give you a good example. One of my favorite examples is from Mark chapter 3, that you have the religious leaders of the day, the Pharisees, and they bring before Jesus a man with a withered hand. And there's a confrontation, but it's not a confrontation with the culture of the city. When Jesus looks at the man with the withered hand in Mark chapter 3, he looks at the Pharisees, it says he 
burned with anger at their hardness and stubbornness of heart. That again, the confrontation was not with the culture of the city. It was with the culture of God's people who were not willing to lay down their lives for the city. Another example from Luke chapter 7, a scandalous example. A prostitute from the community busts into a dinner that Jesus is having with a well-to-do religious leader named Simon, Simon the Pharisee. And this woman scandalously lets down her hair, which was a sign and symbol of prostitutes in Jesus's day. And she takes her hair and she wipes Jesus's feet with her hair and she wets Jesus's feet with her tears. And the religious leader, Simon the Pharisee, goes to have a confrontation with Jesus and this woman over this incident. And Jesus says, I'm going to have a confrontation with you, Simon not with the woman that you are questioning. And he goes to interrogate Simon, the religious man, the man of God. He does not have a confrontation with the sinful woman at his feet. And so I understand that when I say Jesus didn't come to fight against the culture, there can be a bit of a a pushback. We can recoil at that because surely Jesus did come to conquer sin and to defeat death. But the way he did that was not through fighting, not through a worldly confrontation. It certainly was not through an assimilation with the culture. It was not by isolating himself from the culture, but rather it was through his incarnation of God's presence and willingness to serve the culture all the way to the end, even to the point of giving up his life. And so we are not to fight against our culture. We are not to float with our culture. And we are not to flee from our culture. We are to live faithfully within the culture that God has given us, the city to which God has called us. We are to be an incarnation of his presence as Jesus was an incarnation of the Father's presence. No confrontation, no assimilation, no isolation, but rather incarnation. That, I believe, is the message of Jeremiah 29, 1-14, and that, I believe, is the way of Jesus. Stay tuned. If you want a little more information on the Cutting Room Floor podcast, that will be coming next. And if you are content and just listen to the sermon, I'll sign off by saying, my name is Travis Simone, and I'm grateful that you chose to spend this time on the Cutting Room Floor with me. I realized last week that I made a promise in the introduction to the episode that I didn't actually fulfill. I said this is now a, an official podcast, and you can find us on Apple Podcasts just by searching the phrase cutting room floor. And I said, look for the logo with the lamp and the letters TCRF, which stand for cutting room floor. And last week, I promised to tell you what the lamp actually meant but I forgot. And so here I am one week later, my apologies. And I would encourage you all to subscribe to the podcast, share it with your friends, and then we can all know together what the symbol of the lamp is all about. So whenever I'm writing a sermon, I have a lamp that looks like the one just on the Cutting Room Floor podcast logo. I place it on my desk and I light it. And it's 
my symbol of God's presence with me. I'm a big believer in symbolic acts that too often as people, we are forgetful of what God is doing, how God is moving in the world, and we need practical, physical reminders. And so the lamp sits on my desk, and I say a prayer, I light the lamp, and I make sure that it symbolizes to me that this time is set apart as I study God's Word and seek to find His truth for the people that He has asked me to shepherd here at the Williamsburg Community Chapel. So if you're ever walking by my office, I've got a glass door, take a peek in, you can see the lamp, and it'll be lit whenever I'm studying for a sermon, which when I do that, my shade is usually down. But the lamp is a great symbol of God's presence for me, connects into the idea of incarnation, and I hope that that will be meaningful for you every time you click on the Cutting Room Floor podcast logo and go on the Cutting Room Floor and get deeper insights into what God's Word has to say. Discipleship cannot happen unless we are well acquainted with God's Word. So thanks for subscribing to the podcast. Please share it with your friends and see that lamp and understand that's a picture of the incarnation that we talked about today. My name is Travis Simone, and once again, it has been a privilege to be on the cutting room floor with you.